Money FM 89.3, the best of Saturday mornings. International News Review. Welcome back to the show. Steve Oaken with us for the International News Review. Steve, good morning. Happy Halloween-ish. Yes, Glenn, happy Halloween-ish. We got, uh, we got another long life here happening, which is Twitter. Or is it going to be a long life for Twitter? That was a really weird segue. Very, 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 it was a strange segue. It was a very strange segue. segue. But, anyway. but I've noticed, before you get into it... <laughs> let's talk about Twitter. Yeah, let's talk about Twitter. A little bit of cynicism <laughs> on your part. I mean, we've had a few WhatsApp messages back and forth. You seem to be quite cynical about the whole situation. Well, I mean, the question that, that, that we have now with Twitter that we're all watching, the number one question is, will Donald Trump be welcome back to Twitter mm. now that Elon Musk owns Twitter? Uh, can, he, I, can, we, can we ask uh, Trump what he thinks about that? <laughs> Well, Steve, uh, I'm not quite sure. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to get back on or not. I'm certainly hoping so. Well, thank you. Thank you, I Mr. Didn't, I didn't know. I don't know what scares me more. I didn't notice much of a difference. <laughs> is, that, is that for Halloween? Or have you been saving this for like two years till I set you up? Sorry, I just uh, put a Donald Trump face mask he on those of you on the radio. It it's like a security blanket. <laughs> anyway, okay, I've taken the mask off. Back to you. Well, so, I mean, this was, you know, back in in, in May, uh, before he owned Twitter, Elon Musk said, I do not think it was correct to ban Donald Trump. Mm. I think it was a mistake. It alienated the country, did not result in Trump not having a voice. It was morally bad decision and foolish in the extreme. Now, all of a sudden, he owns Twitter. Trump, not yet back on. And why? Because there is a real significant chance that having Donald Trump on Twitter will lead to violence. Mm. And that is why he was banned back in January. Um, Now, Elon Musk came in and he fired the person. He fired a lot of people, one of whom was the person who banned Donald Trump. But he hasn't put Trump back on. Why? It's because he will probably have an advertiser revolt if he puts Donald Trump mm, back on. That's interesting. And so, and, and Twitter gets 90% of its revenue is from ads. So now, now he has to make a business decision. It's not just that he can be spewing off about free speech without any consequences. Now this will hit him hard. And Elon Musk said in a note to the advertisers that Twitter must be warm and welcoming for all and not a free-for-all hellscape. <laughs> and if Donald Trump is on Twitter, it will turn into a hellscape. And that's the question. What's going to happen? Because this will really drive this will have real life and death consequences, potentially, but if he comes back. A lot of people are saying, look, you know, Donald Trump, even if you don't like him, is a political force. He is a, you know, legitimate political personality. Why should his feelings not be represented on Twitter. That is the, that is the other side of the argument. The, the other thing that I think um, uh, uh, is going to be front and center are community standards. What are community standards when it comes to social media? Like Facebook has them, Twitter has them. Elon Musk is going to have to wrestle with, are Twitter's community standards going to change in terms mm. of what's acceptable speech online and what's not? And we, don't, we just don't know what the answer to that is yet. Well, two things to keep in mind. Twitter is a business. It is not – you, you do not, not have, a first, you do not yeah. have a first Amendment right to go onto Twitter. And so Twitter is a business. And you have to make a business decision of what content do you want on. And you are going to adver- answer to your advertisers mm-hmm. and, your, and your users as to what you allow or not. Facebook changed. 
Facebook used to allow just about anything on. Now you cannot have anti-vax material on Facebook. You can't have Holocaust deniers on Facebook. You can't have QAnon conspiracy theorists on Facebook. They've all been banned since 2020. Trump was banned from Twitter right after January 6, 2021, when Twitter found that his tweets were highly likely to encourage and inspire people to replicate the criminal acts that took place at the U.S. Capitol on January 6. And you saw the violence, I mean, the, the attempted murder of the husband of the Speaker of the House mm. because of where discourse has gone into the United States. And if you open up Twitter to Trump, then you are going to be having the type of, of, of speech that can lead to violence. And that's what Twitter has said we are not going to allow. And that's the question everybody's waiting to see. How is Elon Musk going to answer it? Yeah. Well, that's the key point. I was going to make the point that you raised about the Pelosi's. The guy who's been arrested, yes, he clearly has mental health issues, but he was a conspiracy theorist. He went online. He, he explored these far-right conspiracy theories. We don't know where. It may have been Twitter. It may have been elsewhere. But the point remains, Steve, that Media Matters for America, that's an advocacy group, along with 26, 26 other human rights groups have published a letter asking Twitter advertisers to boycott advertising on the platform full stop. They are taking this very seriously indeed. How seriously should the world take Elon Musk taking over Twitter? Well, I mean, look, let's go back to, to what's causing this violence. I mean, you had a, a Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is now a member of the House of Representatives, a Republican from Georgia. She said and it was posted online, this was a while back, Pelosi, Speaker Pelosi has committed treason, treason is punishable by death. Now, you can draw a straight line from that to the attack you saw on, on Nancy Pelosi's husband when he came in saying, where's Nancy? Where's mm -hmm. Nancy? And then he was going to tie up her husband until Speaker Pelosi came home from Washington, D.C. It's only because Paul Pelosi had the, had the, the foresight and, and the the ability to think under such stressful positions to open up a phone line and have a, an open conversation with this person having 9-11 listen in that they then figured out maybe we should send police to the house and when the police arrived mm. is when the attempted murder took place mm. um, so it, it could have been a lot worse mm. than than what happened without Paul Pelosi's quick thinking but this violence is online, and you, the, the call for the violence is online, and, and the question is, and, and this is, you know, those human rights groups have said, Elon Musk, if you're going to have lax policies and you're going to allow hate speech and misinformation, then this is going to lead to further toxifying our information ecosystem, a direct threat to public safety, and your advertisers tr should boycott. Because you don't know where your ads pop up. If you're General Motors, if you're Coca-Cola, if you're Procter & Gamble, do you want your ad next to a tweet by Donald Trump that says that the election was stolen and, and we need to take back our country? No, you don't want your, your advertisement for your product next to something like that. And that's why it will have a huge financial hit on Elon Musk. And he may not care. He may be rich enough to not care. But the people who financed the, the buyout of Twitter are going <clears> to <throat> care. The people who are giving him the money and the debt are going to care. So that's why Elon Musk didn't immediately bring Donald Trump back. A week from now, he may be there. We don't know. But it's, it's a real problem. Yeah, quick follow-up, quick yeah, follow-up. Sure. Who can regulate him? Who can stop Elon Musk on an international stage at this point? Who could theoretically stop him from doing whatever he liked? Or, well, or guide him to do the right thing? Yeah. 
or well, whatever, I mean, well, in like, terms in, of in, laws and international practices. Well, in, in, like, in, the EU has said you are going to play by our rules. Okay. You, you are not when you're we're going to regulate you as the EU regulate you. India has said the same thing. Thailand has always made that extremely clear when it when it comes uh, to laws about the monarchy and, and speech about the monarchy. Mm-hmm. So every country has the right to have its own laws. It's the the U.S. where you have protected speech, um, and then the but the First Amendment again does not apply necessarily to a corporation. Donald Trump can't say that a corporation is blocking my First Amendment rights. Donald Trump can say what he wants within within the bounds of the First Amendment. Doesn't mean that he gets a platform on Twitter or Facebook to say what's within his constitutionally protected speech. Mm. So every country has that right, and now in the U.S. That's going to be regulated much more by by the free market, and the free market is going to say, "Is this something we want to support?" I've, I've known, uh, as you have, Steve, uh, and, and perhaps you have too, Neil. Many people over the years who do public policy for uh, social media sites like Twitter, like Facebook, and you know, they have so many sleepless nights just trying to figure out how their platform can legally operate in so many different jurisdictions with so many different roles. Mm. And and to have a new owner of any of these platforms come in and say, we're going to open the gates, it just it doesn't work. It doesn't in the world we're in unless they don't care about. He not only he opened the gates out. and fired seventy five percent of the staff. He doesn't right. give the impression he cares too much. Yeah, yeah. About uh, public know. perception, yeah. public opinion, yeah. legal ma- lawmakers. I don't know. What do you think? Well, again, but it, it, he may not care, and he is look. He's wealthy enough that the rules don't necessarily apply to him. But the rules do apply to the people who gave him the money to do this deal. He didn't just write a check for forty four billion dollars. Right. He got financing from some of the biggest banks yeah, in yeah, the world. Yeah, yeah. They are going to care. Bank of America uh, and other. Yeah. yeah, because yeah. if advertisers pull out, he isn't going to make his money. What back. is the business uh, angle here, Steve? Because as I understand it, Twitter doesn't make money, as far as I'm aware, not a lot of money. So what are they seeing here? What are they seeing for long-term growth from a financial perspective? Well, I mean, that they, they, you have a couple of different issues. One is you have the uber wealthy people now buying up media, mm. buying up platforms. You know, you have Bezos buy up the Washington Post saying this is, you know, this is a public good that we need to keep. You know, Elon Musk says Twitter is a public good. And I, I think where he views the public good and where Jeff Bezos views the public good are probably two different things. But Elon Musk says, I have my view. I'm going to be able to buy it. I'm wealthy enough to buy it. And then I'm going to do with it what I want. Now, he's going to find out that maybe that's not true. Maybe that's, you know, when you're making electric vehicles for Tesla and you're the CEO there, that's one thing. When you're going to be the CEO of Twitter simultaneously, that's another thing. Uh, one, one last thing that I read is this purchase of Twitter by Elon Musk is just part of his future vision. He wants to incorporate Twitter with, like, grab type um, uh, ride hailing and he wants the whole ecosystem a shopping ecosystem that would rival Alibaba so it's not just Twitter it's the platform that gets all of that to come that, together that's, that's one of the, the business cases a super app a super app like super, you have yeah. for Grab yeah. or you have for, yeah. for WeChat yeah. or, or, or Gojek or, or GoTo so that would be appealing to, to it, investors right? And from everybody I would hear it, it doesn't work in the US you needed the super apps in Asia because of when the apps were being being built, you didn't have capacity to have 14, 15 different apps on your phone. You weren't going to have one for banking, you know, and one for communicating and one for social media. Right. Whereas the U.S., we have everybody, you have those individually. You don't need a super app. So Interesting. whether a super app, which works really well 
here works really well in China doesn't mean it's going to work really well in the United mm -hmm. States. So mm -hmm. that is one of the business cases. We're going to turn it into a super app, but do you really need a super app in, in the U.S., where, right. whereas you do here, cool. or did here, and now you have them? Um, <laughs> U.S. midterms. <laughs> There's no other way to... It feels like they've been going on forever. There's no other way to get into this. But look, we don't know what we don't know yet uh, about what they are. So give, us, give us what we should be looking for in the next, uh, in the next week or two. And can I just add to that, on top of that, will the, Pelosi, will the Pelosi situation have any impact on the midterms at all? Well, okay, well, let's start with the, with the Pelosi. You know, and, and Professor Larry Sabato, you know, is my professor at, at, at UVA and is very prominent. Um, and he says, is this an October surprise? So, Neil, he asked the same question. Is this something that is going to, you know, offend enough people that it can swing a Senate seat here or there? Because you have Republicans who are joking about this uh, really? in them. Yes, the governor of Virginia at a campaign event was joking about it. Now, you have other Republicans like, you know, the, the minority leader, Kevin McCarthy, you know, reaches out to Speaker Pelosi, you know, says, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with you and with Paul and, and we're, this type of violence shouldn't occur. Ted Cruz said the same thing. But then you have other Republicans joking about it. You have people on Fox News saying, well, it's Pelosi's fault because they should have had security at their house. Mm. Um, and, well, what's the big deal? Have people get attacked all the time. Why is this one any but what, different? But what about so, moderate Republicans, women? That that's the question. So yeah. the question is, will what you've seen from, and you can draw the direct line of violence from certain Republican statements, not all, but somebody like Marjorie Taylor Greene, to this attack, to, from Donald Trump to this attack, you see the types of, of inciting that they do. You see the type of political violence increasing in the U.S. Will that turn off people to make a difference in one or two races? And it, it looks like the Senate is so close right now, it could. So the question, is this an October surprise and it, or an October nightmare, of course? Maybe. I mean, we just don't know yet. But that's what we see in the House mm. is that, look, the Republicans are going to get back the House. The question is, are the Republicans going to take the Senate too? And if you have unified control of the House and the Senate, you are going to see a lot more of a, a, a stronger approach towards China. You're going to see potentially the U.S. Uh, giving less aid to Ukraine. So huge foreign policy implications if the Republicans were to take the House and the Senate, um, which is possible. Have you seen any polling, 938 or, or, or any of the polling that have indicated that the economy is any less important in this week or last week. Um, you know, we, we've talked about this before. The economy, immigration, these are some of the hot-button issues, especially for Republicans. They're all, no, we're glad it's the other way. They're all more important now. And, and um, security and as well. They're, they're, it's, it, 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 now, if you ask voters what do they care about, the Republicans are stronger on, you know, uh, the economy and inflation and on immigration and on crime, and the Democrats are stronger on abortion and on climate change. So we're still there. Care. Well, no, but people now, those independents are now trending towards caring more about what the Republicans care about, which means they'll vote for the Republicans, which means you're going to see a bigger Republican pickup in the House. I had said the last time I did, when I did my election preview, you guys were at, I said, you know, 10 to 20 seats that the Republicans would pick up, which would give them control. Now it's looking like 20 to 30 plus. Wow. Really trending. There were three 
close races in the Senate. Mm. Now there's five of which the Democrats hold four, the Republicans hold one. Mm. So the Democrats now have to win four out of five races as opposed to just two out of three. So they've gone from it becomes much tougher um, for the Democrats to, to keep the Senate. Crazy. Um, so, no, everything's trending the wrong way. And now what this sets up, not only if you have a, a, a Republican Congress, which is going to have implications for foreign policy, you're also having all these election deniers who could get elected as governor of Arizona. And if that happens, what's going to happen when we get to the 2024 election if they refuse to certify the vote because the, the, the election was rigged and everything is fraud? So this, has, this is the most important midterm elections, certainly of, of our lifetime, and, and maybe, maybe ever, and maybe you want to say you can go back to 1858 or so, right before we entered the Civil War in the mm. United States. But well, it's mm. critical. I just have a quick philosophical question for both of you, really. I'm still reeling from your comment that there are Republicans joking, mocking the attack on the Pelosi's. Any political system off the top of my head, the Workers' Party is not going to make fun of a situation with the People's Action Party. Labour isn't going to do it with the Conservatives. Liberals are not going to do it with Labour in Australia. The idea of an opposition party mocking the attack where a life was an attempted murder of, of an, a political opponent is Staggering to me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm reeling by that. Uh, what do you guys think the, of that? The, the governor On a of, philosophical it's level. Where we're at. It's just where we're at. Well, the governor of Virginia <laughs> said right after the attack, he's at a campaign rally. He said, Speaker Pelosi's husband, they had a break-in last night in their house. He was assaulted. There's no room for violence anywhere, but we're going to send her back to be with him in California. That's what we're going to do. And then the crowd cheers at that remark. It is, this is the governor of, of my former state. Uh, it's not often I'm speechless, Steve. It's, but, that's yeah, where yeah. we are, and yeah. it's, it's political violence is being normalized, um, and it, it's going in the wrong, it, everything's trending, Neil, in the, in the wrong direction in the United States. All right, let's uh, come back to Asia. The uh, Chinese Communist Party Congress ended. Uh, there is a, there's some talk about the impact that, some of their decisions will have on international business, uh, which is what uh, we want to talk about now. What what is your what is your view on that? Uh, what did you see that happened during the party congress that might have some implications for business? Well, I mean, the, the real you know concern from a, 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 an international business perspective, from a foreign policy perspective, is you know Xi Jinping has eliminated basically all checks and balances within China. Yeah, of course, you had single party rule in China. You had single party rule for decades there since since the the, the founding of of the People's Republic. But there were there were there were checks after Mao died. There were limits on how long a, a you know the leader could serve as party secretary. Um, you had different factions within the party. Party were always represented within the Politburo. So all that is gone now. And now you have one person, Xi Jinping, in charge, no limits on his power. He has allies all up and down the Politburo. And so the, 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 the concern is that decisions are not going to be made where, where, where they can get checked. And it's all going to be about politics. It's all going to be about what is in the best interest of the party. It's not going to be about how do we integrate in, with, with global business? How do we bring foreign investment? What's good from an economic perspective? Mm. And so that's why you saw the sell-off of, of all the Chinese equities right after this decision was made. You now have the number two person in, who, in, in China coming up 
for the at the next party of Congress, the new premier, who has never been a vice premier. That's never happened before. No economic experience. The reason he's there uh, is because of his close ties to, to Xi Jinping. And this is the person who ran the lockdown in Shanghai from COVID. Mm. That does not give... He's the person who's going to be pulling the economic levers. That doesn't give yeah. a lot of confidence to business. Mm. What impact does this have for Singapore business? People who invest in China, what would, it, would their thoughts be at the moment? I mean, I th- their thoughts are we have to we have to rebalance and reallocate our portfolio. Generally speaking, Singapore investors are overexposed to China. U.S. investors are overexposed to the U.S. Singapore investors are overexposed to China, um, or, or you know, overweight to China. Now they've gone from being overweight to overexposed. So you're going to need to see that diversification. It's why you see so many businesses like Apple are now saying we have got to not put all our manufacturing uh, eggs in one basket in China and we're going to set up and we're going to look to India to do more and more. So businesses are diversifying out of China and investors are diversifying out of China and that is what is going to be happening because this is not, you can put politics aside. This is a business decision. When you have one government, there's no checks and balances on that leadership you have more concern that, that decisions that, that, could, mm. that, that should not be made could be made. And we're seeing that, of course, play out in, in Russia, um, where no checks or balances on Putin, his invasion of, of Ukraine, the war crimes being committed, that is not in Russia's best interest. Yeah. But that's the type of, of, of activity that takes place when you have one leader with unchecked power who makes bad decisions. Hopefully, that's not always what's going to happen in China, but the risk of those types of decisions has now gone up. All right, let's uh, do our, just briefly, uh, limiting scope three emissions. What does that mean for the region? Scope three emissions and are, are not produced by the company itself, um, but uh, the result of activities from assets owned or controlled by them, but by those indirectly responsible for up and down their value chain. And in terms of the ESG world uh, that we are in, people are concerned more and more about these emissions. Why is this important? What's changed? Okay, so what, so, so. And who's changed it? Oh, so the, what we, we always have been talking about, we need to address the, the climate risk. And the only way you're going to do that is to reduce carbon in the way, right? And so you have to reduce carbon. And so now everyone's setting up these net zero, right, targets. Countries are setting up net zero targets. Businesses are setting up net zero targets. Now, when you have your emissions, there's three types that, that you want to count as a, as a business. You have your scope one emissions, and that could be what you are, are uh, your direct emissions. So if you have a company vehicle, if you have a generator and you're, you're, you're running a factory and you're, you know, belching out, you know, GHG. It's very clearly emissions. you are producing that. That's scope one. Yep. Scope two is your indirect emissions. So like when you buy electricity, right, who, how they're generating that electricity yeah. is your scope, too. So if it's from coal, that's going to be much higher. If it's from yeah. solar, wind, renewables, that's going to be much lower. You have control over your scope one and scope two emissions. You don't have control over your scope three emissions. So, Give us an example. Quickly. An example. So, Glenn, you get on an airplane and you fly from here uh, to Tokyo to do a, a, a media training. The emissions from the aircraft, you're business plane ticket, the emissions are your scope three emissions. They're scope one for the airplane, but they're scope three for you. So almost when you make gasoline, the the emissions that come out of the the tailpipe, those emissions are the scope three emissions of who's ever producing the gasoline. So 80%, as a typical rule, 80% of the emissions of a company are scope three. 
What companies have been doing so far is saying, well, we're going to look at our scope one and scope two emissions, but we're going to ignore our scope three emissions. You now have an international body that says we are going to require reporting on scope one, two, and three emissions from everybody. Then businesses like you know, the general, you know, General Motors, Procter & Gamble, they're going to say to all of their people in their supply chain, we need to know your emissions. Hmm. So when you source from India or you source from Indonesia, and this is what's happening in Indonesia right now, the Indonesians are saying, if we don't limit our emissions, if we don't limit our scope one and scope two emissions, which are somebody else's scope three emissions, people aren't going to buy from us. And oh. so that's why there is such a focus Oof. in Indonesia where most of the electricity comes from coal, coal. right? Mm. So, mo so the, uh, the, the scope three emissions for a U.S. company are the scope one or scope two for an Indonesian company. And that's why you have this, the, a new net zero hub that's been set up in Indonesia, helping companies reduce their emissions. The Indonesia Chamber of Commerce, Kaden, um, they're trying to persuade corporate Indonesia to decarbonize. So a good story where you say the, the U.S. and the EU are saying, we are now going to be counting scope three emissions for U.S. companies and EU companies. Well, those are scope one and scope two in Indonesia, Malaysia, all, you know, everywhere the rest of the world. Hopefully, this is going to lead to addressing the, the yeah. climate disaster we're facing. we got to go. But, Neil, do you have a quick comment on Just this? Just quickly, you said trying to. How enforceable is it? Quickly. Again, it, it, well, to tie back to what, what's happening with Twitter, if, 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 if you say you don't, you know, if you're going to allow Donald Trump on Twitter, we're not going to advertise with you. If you don't reduce your scope one and scope two emissions in Indonesia, if you don't get rid of all of this coal, we're not going to source from you. We're going to source from somebody else. It becomes a real economic issue. And that's why it's economics and business and the free market that are going to drive that's climate risk. That's and that's to drive addressing climate risk. So let's hope this works. Always comes back to the wallet. <laughs> Always comes Always back does. to the wallet. All right, Steve, thanks so much. Appreciate your time. We'll see you next week. Next week. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.